Good evening, General Baptist family and friends. I'm James Isaac III, pastor of New Hope Granville Missionary Baptist Church of Oxford, North Carolina. I also serve as the moderator of the East Cedar Grove Missionary Baptist Association, as well as the privilege of serving as the moderator of moderators of the General Baptist State Convention. On behalf of our president, Dr. Leonzo D. Lynch, our executive secretary treasurer, Dr. Tony Barr, the entire leadership team of the General Baptist State Convention, I want to welcome you to our 153rd annual session. In 1 Chronicles 12:32, it states that the tribe of Issachar understood the times to know what Israel was to do. In this day of COVID-19, racial injustice and social unrest, it is good to know that the leadership of General Baptist understands our times to lead us into what we should do. God bless you all. Our scripture lesson for this hour coming from Exodus, the 14th chapter, beginning at verse 13. And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel, that they may go forward, but lift thou up thy rod, and stretch out thine hand over the sea, and divide it, and the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. And I, behold, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and they shall follow them, and I will get me honor upon Pharaoh, and upon all his host, upon his chariots, and upon his horsemen. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. When I have gotten me honor upon Pharaoh, upon his chariots, and upon his horsemen, and, he are, and the angel of the God, which went before the camp of Israel, removed and went behind them. And the pillar of the cloud went from before their face and stood behind them. And it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. And it was a cloud and darkness to them. But it gave light by night to these, so that the one came not near the other all the night. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea dry land, and the waters were divided. And the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the dry ground. I read uh, Exodus, the 14th chapter, verses uh, 13 through 22. May we pray. Our gracious and wonderful God, this evening we come to say thank you. Lord, we thank you, O oh God, this afternoon because your word is alive and well. 
Oh God, we come to thank you because your word is sharper than a two-edged sword, able to cut on the left and able to cut on the right. Lord, we thank you right now for your word that is able to penetrate the very souls of our lives. Oh God, on this evening, oh God, as we celebrate the 153rd annual session, God, we invite your presence in this house, oh God, that you might move in a mighty way. Lord, that you might give directions, that, that understanding might be a come, and Lord, that we might be equipped for the journey. Lord, while you're here, we ask that you teach us. While you're here, God, we ask that you might guide us, oh God. While you're here, God, we ask that you might hold our hand. And Lord, even while you're in this place, Lord, we pray for our president, Dr. Lynch, oh God. We, we thank you for his leadership, oh God. We ask that you would touch him and govern him from the top of his head to the sole of his feet. Lord, move in this session like you never moved before, Lord, because we're in some dark times, Lord. We're in some tedious situations, God, but we serve a God who is able right now, God. So, Lord, we say that we need you. Lord, we're in a, a time when we're moving into election year. Just a few more days, God, and we'll be voting and uh, 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 voting for a president, God. But we say that we need you, Lord. But, but, Lord, we trust you, God, because you're the one who sets on high. God, you still yet the rock of our salvation, Lord. You're still the one who is opening up doors, God. You open up the Red Sea, Lord, because there's some of us today that face some Red Seas of impossibilities, and Lord, and it seems like we can't go forward, we can't go to the left, nor to the right, and we can't back up. But God, I understand that your word says that if we can just stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, Lord, you moved for Moses and the children of Israel. Lord, you moved, oh God, for David when he was fighting against Goliath. And Lord, we ask him right now, Lord, that in this year, 2020, it seemed like since 2020 has been ushered in, Lord, there's all types of circumstances and situations that, that oppose us, oh God. But, but Lord, we realize that our trust is not in the White House, but it's in, our trust is in the house of God the one who sets high, the one who is supreme, the one who still opens doors, the one who still makes ways out of no way, God. So, Lord, this evening, we're trusting you, God. We're even trusting you, God, to, to work through Dr. Lynch to, to lead us to our next destination, Lord, to lead us to the next door that will be open, oh, God. So, Lord, as he sleep at night, God, give him dreams. Give him understanding, God. Walk with him. Govern his life in a mighty way. And Lord, we'll be careful. All those who, that are, that's encamped around him, like Dr. Barr and the other staff. Lord, that they will protect him. Lord, that they'll let no harm come to Dr. Lynch. That he'll be that instrument that will carry us on and forward. In the mighty and matchless name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. A joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Hebrews 2 and 12, he says, I will declare your name to my brothers and sisters. In the assembly, I will sing your praises. 
continue to sing unto the Lord because he is good. He's better than good and greatly to be praised. Be encouraged and keep singing unto the Lord. 2020 has been an extraordinary year. We have seen so many things that none of us could have anticipated as we went to our churches and our pulpits on watch night and told everybody that 2020 was going to be the year of vision. This has been the year of vision. We have been able to see our nation and each other in a fuller and more clearer way. And even in the month of March, we had to do something that none of us could imagine doing. We had to shut the church doors because we were experiencing a, a pandemic. And now we've learned terms like social distancing. We wear our masks, but we can't stop there because in the process of all of this, there has been a push and a movement for social justice and social change. And I believe that this call must be answered by every church in our convention, every church in our association, because every good and significant change, just like in the 60s, has to start and emanate from the church. And it's not too late. It's not too late. If you haven't gotten involved with making sure that our state and that our nation is more equitable for all of us, it's not too late to get involved. Jesus gave us a very strong commandment, a very strong challenge, to go ye therefore. But you know what we did? We built beautiful churches, we built beautiful sanctuaries, and we didn't go, we asked everybody to come. But now the church doors have been shut, and God has given us a unique opportunity to go out into the streets and be an element and catalyst for the change our world needs. Come on, convention. It's time for us to make sure that all of us are active. All of our preachers, all of our teachers, all of our churches are active in our communities. We already know who our hoopers are. We already know who our teachers are. We already know who our singers are. But here's the real question. By the end of 2020, will we know who our agents of change are? Will we know who those are who fight for change and equality? I know that our state is full of people that believe in God enough to stand and fight for change. To our president, Dr. Leonzo D. Lynch, the official cabinet of our parent body, to our executive secretary, treasurer, Dr. Tony Barr, to all auxiliary presidents, and to this august body of baptized believers who make up the constituency of the General Baptist State Convention of North Carolina. Greetings in the name of him who is able to keep us from falling. I am Dr. Quintrell L. Burrell Jr. and I serve as the chair of the Evangelism Commission of this great convention. Jesus says in Matthew 28 and 19, go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you and behold I am with you always to the end of the age the evangelism commission in line with our parent body heeds the call to serve this present age making disciples as we go our mission 
our mandate is accomplished with the help of God and the hand of God. This year, for our 153rd annual session, circumstances have changed, but the assignment has not. Therefore, we carry the name of Jesus, even virtually, leading souls to salvation and victory through him. Therefore, let us continue to work the work of evangelism, our convention, and our Christ. God's blessings be upon you. I'm Dr. Agard. I am the owner and CEO of Bespeak Solutions, Inc. I am also the pastor of Transformation Fellowship Christian Church located in Fuquay, Arena, North Carolina. I want to talk for a few minutes related to your emotional and mental wellness. In the midst of this pandemic, many of us continue to suffer from all manner of pressure, the sense of feeling unsettled, and the uncertainty of what lies ahead of us. I want to remind you that your health is not just a physical issue, it is a spiritual issue. Jesus came to give us life and to give us life more abundantly. If we really believe that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and all that dwell therein, we must also remember that our bodies are the temple of the spirit. And just as God has asked us to be stewards of the creation we must also steward our own lives. Your health, your mental health, your emotional health are manners of stewardship. If God has given us all that we have, how can we be our best? How can we love our best? How can we give our best if we don't take the best care of ourselves? So in the midst of this troubling time, in the midst of a pandemic that has taken away so much certainty, that has transformed our lives in ways that we could not imagine, I want to encourage you to enter into the rest that the Lord has promised to the people of God. A simple question would be, how do I enter this rest? How do I live into this abundant life in a time of such turmoil? I want to give you three points the first point simply is to set healthy boundaries for yourself. It's okay to say no. It's okay to pull away. It is healthy to take a nap. It is healthy to do whatever you need to do in order to be well. Don't fall into the curse of busyness as if it is the key 
to life. Life is more than what we wear. Life is more than what we can obtain. God wants us to enter into that rest. But you cannot rest until you set appropriate healthy boundaries. You must do what is right for you because you are responsible for the stewardship of your life. The second thing I want to remind you is to simply make sure you engage in activities that give you life. What do you enjoy doing? Whether it's reading, television watching, gardening, traveling, driving, whatever it is, make sure you do something that brings you life. The last one is to live in gratitude. Things could be much worse than they are. I am well because the Lord has raised me up for another day. But there are many of those among us who continue to struggle in ways that we cannot imagine. Remember, as bad as it may be for you, there is probably someone else who is worse off. Live in gratitude. Your attitude will determine your outlook on the day. That is the key to an emotionally healthy life. If none of these things are working, you set your boundaries, you engage in things that bring you life, you live in gratitude and there's still nothing that is working, I encourage you today, reach out and find help. Don't fall into the negative thinking that you can have Jesus, but you can't have a therapist. God has placed so many resources here for us. Don't be ashamed. If you need help, reach out. The Lord is waiting for you even in a counseling room. Remember, your wellness is a spiritual issue. Let us steward our lives for the glory of God. Hey, family. Reverend Marcus Fairley here, your National NAACP State Civic Engagement Coordinator for North Carolina. Family, I realize over the past eight months have been some of the most challenging times for us as Americans particularly in black and brown communities. However, I offer to you today that there is an innate resilience in us as a people to bounce back from even some of the worst conditions. There's an unmatched reflex that says we must come back stronger and better. In the midst of pandemic and protest, we as a people must realize our power. We must actualize and exercise our civic obligation to our ancestors, to our families, and even to our future generations. We owe ourselves a better democracy. So I implore you to make a plan to vote. Visit us at blackvoiceschangelives.org. There you can make a plan to vote. There are three safe ways to cast your ballot here in North Carolina. Thousands have already registered and voted by mail or absentee ballot. If this is your plan, we ask that you request your ballot early and return it as soon as you complete it. You may do so by placing it in the mail or simply taking it to your nearest board of elections. Early voting here in North Carolina begins on October 15th through October 31st. Remember, if you have not registered, you may utilize same day registration during this period. Let us take advantage of the shorter lines and wait times during early voting. Our third and safe option to vote is on Tuesday, November 3rd, Election Day. And as you family and friends make your plan to vote and to choose one of these three safe ways to vote, remember this, a voteless people is a hopeless people. It's your boy, Reverend Fairley, signing off. God bless you. Peace.
Dr. Lynch, Dr. Barr, the leadership of General Baptist, moderators, pastors, all of the members of this wonderful body, I am happy and delighted to greet you today for this annual session. Oh, I want you to know I miss you. I miss your wonderful smiles, handshakes, your, lo your love, your kisses. Oh yes, I miss General Baptist family. I want to take this time to encourage us to stay together, to stay together. I'm remembering the words of Paul to the church at Corinth. Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. We need each other. Or the eyes cannot say because you're not the eyes, I have no need of you. No, we need each other. Let's stay together. The body can do without some things, but the body cannot live and exist without the head, which is Jesus Christ, without the heart, which is love, without breath, that is the Holy Spirit. We need each other to survive. I pray that this session will be a wonderful session, that we will grow together in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord. Let's stay together until he comes. I'm J. Vincent Terry Sr., first vice president of the General Baptist State Convention. God bless you. There is a name I love to hear. I love to sing its worth. It sounds like music in my ear, the sweetest name on earth. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus because he first loved me. It is in the name of Jesus, that saving, that satisfying, and that secure name that I greet you in Jesus's joy. It is a pleasure to welcome you and to give you greetings to our 153rd annual session of our General Baptist State Convention of North Carolina. We have had trying times. We have had a trying year this year in 2020, but God is still good and he is still worthy to be praised. It is our hope and our prayer that you will enjoy this session that has been planned for us and that you will continue to lift up the bloodstained banner and do everything in your power to make great the name of our Christ. God bless you. Thank you for sharing in our annual session and may you continue to experience the abundance and blessings of our Lord and Savior. God bless you. Brother Kalante Gavin is unable to be with us in concert tonight as we had planned due to the transitioning of a family member. Brother Gavin, we are praying for and with you and your family during this time. Nevertheless, we are blessed to always have our General Baptist State Convention Music Ministry giving God the glory through song. It's giving time. Why don't you bless the Lord with your gifts? Bless the Lord with me. 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 Bless the
our hands to the Father, our God Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. Lord, we love you, we bless you, and we give you all the honor, all the glory, and all the praise. We lift up our hands.
They are the 2011 winner of the Verizon Wireless How Sweets the Sound Choir Competition hosted by Donald Lawrence and CeCe Winans. They are consistent in their worship and praise because they love the Lord. As they raise their voices for the glory of God, General Baptist State Convention of North Carolina Incorporated, let us welcome Tarboro, North Carolina's finest, the Salvation and Deliverance Church Choir.
General Baptist family, I am happy to greet you today in Jesus' name. I am delighted to make this offering appeal for our annual session. You know, the greatest words in the Christian language, somebody says, is love and give. Love and give. Uh, the greatest words, love and give. Think about that. And think about how Jesus put it together in John 3.16. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. He tells us that anybody can give, but you can't love without giving. Look, let's give tonight. You remember that we are supporting state missions. We support Shaw University and Shaw Divinity School, as well as Children's Home, and who can forget foreign mission. If there ever was a time the people of God needed to give, it is now. Come on and give. We're mindful of the words in the scripture that tells us to give 
and it shall be given unto you good measure pressed down and shaken together and even running over shall men give into your bosom for with the same measure that ye meet withal it shall be measured to you again so I encourage you to give God bless you greetings to the General Baptist State Convention family I would like to recognize our great president, Dr. Lynch, and all the other vice presidents and the executive secretary, Dr. Barr. My name is Ray Lockhart, Jr. I'm the pastor at Ellis Chapel Baptist Church in Patterson Springs, North Carolina. In the words of my friend, Dr. John Adolph, I am honeymoon happy and peacock proud to have the opportunity to introduce such a powerful ambassador for Jesus Christ. Dr. John Adolph has pastored the Antioch Missionary Baptist Church for the past 24 years in Beaumont, Texas. Dr. Adolph is a family man. He married the love of his life, uh, Dory Elaine, and they have two children to that union, Simone and Jonathan. Dr. Adolph is also an educated man. He earned his BA degree from the Texas Southern University. He earned his Master's of Divinity degree from Morehouse School of Religion, and he earned his Doctorate of Ministry degree from Houston Graduate School of Theology. Dr. Adolph has preached all over the United States and other countries. Dr. Adolph has preached at the National Convention USA Incorporated, the Sunday School Publishing Board, and the Christian Education Congress. He has a Wednesday morning Bible study at 8 a.m. Eastern time called the War Room where he has over 10,000 listeners. Dr. John Adolph is one of the most down-to-earth men you will ever meet. For such a mighty proclaimer of the gospel, he's a humble man. I am blessed to call him my brother and my friend. Hear ye him, General Baptist State Convention. In obedience to him who woke us this morning and gave us a right to life and living on this side of time and eternity, to him who is sovereignly seated, who permits me to stand, I greet you in the only name that matters. That name is Jesus Christ, Son of the living God. Man, to this president, Dr. Lynch, and this wonderful state convention, to all of those men and women who make up its contingency, and to all of you who share with me the burdensome blessing of telling the world that the tomb is empty, the cross is vacant, the Bible is true and he shall return. Sola Deo Gloria, my brothers and sisters. What a joy it is for me to have this moment at your 153rd annual session. And I wanna begin by saying this to you, Thank you for not letting the extenuating circumstances of a pandemic halt the progress of the kingdom of the living God. Man, Brother President, I salute you and your staff, your board, and those who are working intricately and interwovenly with you. And I pray that today's discourse is a blessing, man. Even now, my prayer is that God speak to your heart because in mine, the mission is still possible. God bless you. I hope today's message encourages you. 
I'm reading from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 25, verse 21. Hear the word of the Lord. And his Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Amen. That's enough for today. Hey, listen, y'all. Would you help me share this one sermonic thought with everybody that's connected to you? I want you to help me share it as I share it with you. I want to tag this text this morning with this thought. Lord, help me handle what's in my hand. Lord, help me handle what's in my hand. Uh, the grass withers, the flower fades, the word of our God shall last and stand forever. Let's dig in. According to Dr. Jonathan C. Jackson, who considered himself not just a Christian educator par excellence, not just a devout disciple of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus who is Lord in Christ, but a sincere devout Talikian existentialist. Uh, Dr. Jonathan C. Jackson would look at the Christian community, those that we interdenominationally share the faith with, and make the argument, ladies and gentlemen, that the reason why we don't see as much success as we should, the reason why we don't often hear of faithful, fruitful fellowship testimonies as we could is because we are haunted by five psychological dispositions that's killing us from the inside out and haunting us from the outside in. Aren't you interested and want to know what these positions are? Here they are. Watch it. Uh, uh, John C. Jackson said, what's killing us from the inside out that makes us not be as successful as we could, not be as faithful or fruitful as we should, are five particular issues, ills, dispositions within the church that's just haunting us. Number one, he says there is jealousy. <laughs> Number two, he says there is envy. Number three, he says there is arrogance. Number four, he says there is ignorance. And number five, he often said that was tolerance. Can I just spend one minute just unpacking these? My brothers and sisters, jealousy is where you could have done what someone else did, but you didn't do what they did, and now you're upset about the fact that they prospered in all that they've been able to do. Or you could have gone to school and earned the degree, but on graduation day, you're jealous because you didn't take the test or write the papers. Jealousy is always, I'm doing good already, jealousy is always an internal disposition. But hold on, it's often akin to envy. Envy suggests that the person that you're upset with has no 
right to rule or no right to even ascribe the reason why you're envious of them. It's just something God just decided to do for them. You look at somebody and their small figure makes you say, oh, I just can't stand them. I know, I know you're 18 plus, but don't get mad. Just at the end of the day, thank God for your health. Envy says, oh, look at all of that hair. Yours is beweavable. You know, theirs is natural. And all of a sudden, you just get this overwhelming envy. It's because you are looking at what God has given them that you feel like God did not give you and envy comes along my brothers and sisters but then after jealousy and envy according to Jonathan C. Jackson the existentialist comes this issue of arrogance you know one of the things that irks me about our president Donald Trump and I'm gonna say this publicly is the fact that he has this arrogance that almost says I don't care i just i am what you know just hold on now there's a big difference between arrogance and confidence don't ever get that confused confidence says hold on i'm here to do what i do and god called me to do it but arrogance says you know what i hope it hurts you in the process oh my brothers and sisters his arrogance bothers me hold on but not only do we see arrogance in the white house <laughs> We see arrogance amongst God's people in the church house. Oh, my friends, not only is there jealousy, envy, and arrogance, but then listen to me, oftentimes inside of the house of God amongst his own people is ignorance. You know, it's amazing now because ignorance is not stupidity. Uh, ignorance and stupidity are very, very different. Ignorance is just a lack of knowledge. But the problem with it is, is that when you know you don't know, and then you still want to act like you do know so that what you don't know is still what you don't know, makes you don't know. It's the craziest thing. And then what makes it even worse is to be arrogant and ignorant at the same time. What a horrible combination. Dr. John C. Jackson said that arrogance and ignorance are haunting us. And then he says what makes it even worse is after being arrogant and ignorant long enough, you end up being tolerant. <laughs> he says you just get stuck in a rut where you're supposed to journey through the valley of the shadow of death. You didn't stop pitching a tent and built a hotel. My brothers and sisters, if what Jonathan C. Jackson argued years ago before he rest in the couch of nature's bosom with God is true, then it may be why we don't see progress sometimes within the hallowed halls of the hearts of the people of the church of the living God. It's because we quit looking at what's in our hand. We stop saying thank you for what's in our hand. Start looking at what God has done for others. Oh, I can hear the old adage of my elders say, it's not what you got. <laughs> it's how you use what you have. Come here, y'all. Uh, I'm raised old school to my heart. I am. And I remember my first job site being the domicile where I was raised, 8310. Homewood Lane, Houston, Texas, 77028. Uh, I was the lawn man because I had to cut the grass, blow and trim the hedges, rake the leaves and the pine needles. 
Don't get stuck by the pine cones and take out the garbage. So I was the sanitation worker because uh, Hefty had a personal relationship with me. You know, the glad bags. Take those out and make sure that what's around the trash can is in the trash can. Not only was I the sanitation worker, I was the human remote control. I wish I had a praying church. People who can remember, we didn't always have a remote you pick up. You'd scream for the youngest child to come. Hey, come here. Just flip that channel for me. You know, just, and so their, 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 their recompense, their, their money they would pay us for, for, for using us all the time was called an allowance. It wasn't called really money or payroll because it wasn't enough to be able to be an hourly wage. It was just something to show that you work so you get something for it. That was always a system of work and reward, nothing for free. And so they lined the children up, and I had this perplexing problem. Here's the problem. They gave my older brother, Butch, $5. They gave my sister, Adrian Nail, $2, $3. Then when it got to my younger brother and me, they give us 50 cents. Y'all not praying yet. Uh, my brother, Ron, received his joyfully. But I would have a chip on my shoulder because I didn't sweat it, pull weeds, took garbage out, been the remote control. I've been struggling around here. And then you go give me 50. And then I started looking at what they give given others. But I quickly gave myself a personal reprieve. Here's what I do. I'd hop on my 20-inch Huffy. I'd run up to Bad Bad's, the grocery store on the corner. I'd walk in with my 50 cent. And I ain't talking about the rapper. I'm talking about the change. Are you listening to me? I'd walk in and I would get myself some moon cookies, three, four nickel. I'd get myself some, I'd get myself some planks, four for a dime. I'd get myself a deal pickle. Hold up. Peppermint on the inside. <laughs> Peppermint on the inside. I'd get myself my stuff. And then after that, I would share my Fritos, Doritos, and Cheetos with my little brother Ron. One day the ice cream man was coming. For those of you who know what the ice cream man sounds like, ice cream man is on the way. We could hear that song in the distance. I run and try to find me some money in the cushion seats of the couch, the dive van, the big rocket chair, anywhere, cause the ice cream man is coming. And when he gets there, I don't have that much. But my younger brother Ron has a stash of cash I did not know he had. I'm trying to figure out what bank did you rob? Who did you get your money from? How did you come by this change? I've been with you the whole time. What you doing? What you selling? Where you been? I'm trying to figure it out. And my brother told me something I'll never forget. He said, every time you get yours in your hand, all you do is just use it any kind of way. He said, but when I get mine, I use mine the best I can hand, Bobby. I try to hold on to mine because I might not get much more, so I'm going to hold on to it because it's all I got in my hand at the time. My brothers and sisters, oh, today's message is about the stewardship of what God has put in your hand. Come here, children of the Most High God. It's Matthew chapter 25. They are the parabolic kingdom teachers.
teachings of Jesus Christ himself. And in the first section, he deals with the ten virgins, five wise and five foolish. He then shifts gears, my brothers and sisters, to the parable of the talents. Here is how it goes. Brother steps up that makes sure it's all he is anyway, and he calls servants to him. He gives one five talents. He gives another two talents. He gives another one. Y'all, here's how the story flows and rolls. The one who got five talents went and traded his and doubled his money. When the Lord came back for a tally and a total, he said, Woo, you were a good servant. Look at how you've done this thing. He said to him, you know what? I'm going to bless you. And he says, not only that, but he says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. He'd go to the one who he gave two to. He said, what? Not only did you trade it, you didn't double your money. He said, you know what? Well done, thou good and faithful servant. But that one he gave one to went and dug it in the earth, had the unmitigated goal to bring it back with some dirt on it. Told my, I know you was going to be a hard man. I ain't want to risk what you gave me. So I just planted. And the Lord was rough toward him. He took what he had, gave it to somebody else, and to make matters worse, then told him there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. My brothers and sisters, if I told you today that what's in your hand will set you for the rest of your life, I have come to declare to you that, the, that what God has put in your hand in your lifetime is more than what you will ever deserve. What God has given you in your hand is enough to favor you and set you apart from everybody else. What God has placed in your hand is enough to bless your children and your children's children. What God has put in your hand is enough to make the devourer have to leave you alone. What God has placed in your possession is enough to bless you and generations to come. Hey, what's in your hand? I know you've been making complaints and talking about sometimes what you don't have and how it's been hard, but I don't want to talk about that. I want to know what's in your hand. What gift do you have you haven't used? What things do you have you could use but you didn't put on a shelf because it doesn't make sense or doesn't matter much to you? What's in your hand? I want to declare to you that the devil is trying to squelch what's in your hand, kill what's in your hand, and destroy what's in your hand. I am here today on behalf of God himself to say, if you just use what's in your hand, listen to me, when you run through the Bible, it ought to shout you. God told Moses the same thing. Hey, Moses, what you got in your hand? While Moses is trying to figure out what he's going to do, the answer was in his hand the whole doggone time. When he got ready to feed the 5,000, he said, hey, how much do you have? In other words, what's in your hand? Oh, we got a two fish and five loaves. But I submit to you that if you knew what was in your hand, while you're looking at what little it is, you'd be shocked at what God's going to do with it. I need 15 of y'all. No, I need about 150 at a zero to put in your comment section. Thank God for what's in my hand. I may not be rich, but I ain't never missed a meal. I may not have a mansion, but I got what I need. And every time I turn around, he keeps on making a way. What's in your hand? Hey, I got to stop before I shout too soon. My brothers and sisters, I want you to hear this text and I want you to know this. 
God has plans for what he's given you in your hand. Listen to me. So Pastor Adolph, how do we use it? What do we do? Here it is. Y'all ready? Number one, you're going to use it so that you can accrue some earthly gains. Uh, yeah, hold on. This is good. Watch this. Every gift is not a good gift. Because some gifts come with strings attached. <laughs> but I want to argue to you this morning, listen carefully, that if there is a gift that came from God, you take it, thank God for it, and tell everybody, look at what the Lord has done for me. My brothers and sisters, there are some ideas in the text that cannot go unnoticed. Number one, I want you to notice the unequal distribution. He gives one five, one two, and another one one. I don't care what you say. Anybody with common sense has a problem with this. That's why common sense can be nonsense when you're trying to live with the Lord and move by faith and faith alone. He gives five, two, and one. My brothers and sisters, we would shout if it was two, two, and two, three, three, and three. He gave one, five, one, two, and another one, one. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, there is unequal distribution. So stop looking at what God gave other people. Just because they gave, just because God may have given them more does not discount what God has given you. I'm about to shout. Quit being jealous and envious over what God gave somebody else. If you just stop and be filled with gratitude for what he's already given you, it'll hold you over and make you happy a long time. Notice now that it's unequal distribution. Notice all also, there is an unparalleled distinction. He gave to each of them as he knew they could handle it. You know what I discovered? The reason why some Christians never see increase and overflow is because they never learn to use what they already had. <laughs> Listen to me. Why would God give you any more if you hadn't used what you got right? God, I'm preaching so good. Not only is there this unparalleled uh, a distinction and there is this unequal distribution, but notice this, there is an unfathomable deed. Here is the deed. You ready? He gave. Okay, y'all, I want you to know I was in my study. This thing shouted me. Uh, I had to put the Bible down for a minute. See, listen, in every detailed analysis between the Lord and the servant are two words. He gave. Wait, hold on. Listen, he gave five. He gave two. He gave to another one. We're so caught up with the number we're missing the duty, the deed, and the, and the whole dogma wrapped up here. He gave. <laughs> Wait, listen to me. Here is your shout for the morning. Everybody watching me has a he gave story. God help me. Woo! Listen to me. If you're watching me and you cannot say he's given, you're lying. The reason why you're alive right now is because he gave you another day on earth. And because you're breathing right now without complications, it's because he's given you another breath to take. And if you got eyes to see and ears to hear, he's given you empirical systems to make sure you keep on moving. 
my brothers and sisters, and if you have a little cash in your pocket, it's because he gave you a payday. And if you've gone to school and earned a degree, it's because he gave you tuition. He gave you a mind and gave you a right to pass every test. And if you look around spiritually, you ought to shout all day long. It's because he's given you the keys to the kingdom. He gave you the Holy Ghost. He's given you salvation. The joy you have, he gave you your joy. He gave you the right to worship. He gave you the activity of your limbs. He's given you your children. He's given you heaven as your home. Everything I need for somebody right quick to think about how many past shoes you have. I want you to think about where your church clothes are that you don't have no reason to wear no more. I want you to look around and say, everything I got, God gave it to me. God gave me my life. God gave me my health. God gave me my strength. Everything I have, hey, God gave it to me. Wait, I got to throw this in the omelet while I'm standing over this skillet for everything that people have given that they didn't have to let you have. Gratitude ought to come along with it. So if you can testify that he gave, I have a question. Where is your gratitude? I want a quick display all over computer screens. If God has given you nothing, you don't have to say thank you, Jesus. But if God has given you everything you have, car to drive, clothes to wear, food to eat, lights on, lights on, water running, roof over your head, bills paid, I want you to lift your hands right quick and tell God, thank you, Jesus, for everything you've given me that money cannot buy, credit cannot charge, checks cannot write. Thank you, God, right here. Hey, he gave it, ladies and gentlemen. The impetus of God is to give. In fact, my friends, hear this. God and give are synonyms that no matter what you say to me, God is always giving. In fact, that's why the psalmist says, let everything that have breath praise the Lord. It's because if you get another breath, it was God that gave it to you. My friends, hear this. But when you get through looking at all the gifts God has ever given, can I throw this in? The greatest gift he's ever given was to give us himself. Woo! I'm about to shout right here. Listen to me. For God so loved the world that he, he gave. God help me. His only begotten son. Uh, Psalms 116. What shall we render unto the Lord for all this benefits to others? I will take the cup of salvation. Why? It's because in that cup is the gift of him. The greatest gift you will ever have is to have him in your life. My friends, to have him says there is a kenosis ideology. God became one of us to save all of us from the rest of us. Ladies and gentlemen, he hung, bled, and died just for us so that when all else was finished, if you don't have nothing else but him, you have everything you already need. I'm a hungry student at Morehouse. We don't have no money, cars don't have no gas. It's a bad situation. Ever been there? Man, hunger happens. I promise you it does. And it ain't funny. I'm sitting on the, I'm sitting on the school steps of Morehouse. We sitting up there, Doc. Malvis Alexander, Kenneth Lamar Jones, C. Matthew Hudson. We sitting there hungry. All of a sudden, we just start seeing biscuits fly by. You ever been hungry enough to start seeing food become, you know, stuff you just watch past? Yeah, we were hungry. All of a sudden, man, that was a rattling sound from the inside of the admin building. We turned around and went inside and lo 
and behold, these guys then showed up from the Omni Hotel with banquet trays full of food, prime rib, y'all filet mignon, big old prawn shrimp, cocktail sauce. Yeah, we walked in and we said, hey, dude, you know, who is this for? And he said, oh, it's for the students. I said, hold up. I said, are you sure? Y'all, we didn't even say grace. We just, j- listen to me. We just dove in. We over there eating prime rib, you know, just filet mignon, bacon wrapped around. Y'all, we ain't got no money hungry, but food just showed up. Can I ask you, has God ever blessed you with some stuff you never saw coming? Listen to me. We are eating and eating well. After we get through, the trays are almost empty. Somebody said, man, who sent this? We finally opened the card. It was from Dr. Joe Samuel Ratliff, who was the president of Mohawk. He had already paid for the food. So we're sitting there eating, and Ken Lamar Jones said, man, this was free. But I promise you, Malbus Alexander said, no, 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 it wasn't free. Somebody paid for it, and God gave it to us. He said, common sense ought to make us tell God thank you, and write, and write, and write the man a thank you note for sending our way. Ladies and gentlemen, we sent Dr. Joe Ratliff a thank you note, but we lifted our hands and said, God, thank you for being our divine supply. Has God ever showed up giving to you lately? Have you ever seen God give you some stuff out of nowhere? God and give are synonymous. And if you have ever watched him give you anything, I want you to tell him, I want you to tell him right now, thank you for everything he's already given. If he doesn't give you nothing, Nothing else, he's already done enough. Let me hurry because I'm almost out of time. Not only do we accrue some earthly gains, but watch this, watch this. Not only do we accept what he freely gives, but secondly, we, we accrue some earthly gains. Uh, how would you shout if I told you you're supposed to see increase? Hold on. How would you rejoice if I told you that you're supposed to live with overflow. Wait, wait. How would you act if I told you you are a part of a kingdom and a kingdom is not a democracy? A kingdom is a commonwealth, which means the wealth of the king is common amongst the people. God, dog, I'm about to shout. Listen, how would you rejoice if I told you that your needs are supposed to be met? God help me. How would you act if I told you that you got a king, not a president? He is not elected. He is sovereignly seated. How would you rejoice if I told you, I don't care what anybody says, our God will take care of us, ladies and gentlemen. Notice this text. I got to hurry, y'all, because I'm over time. Number one, I want you to notice this. He gave. But number two, I want you to notice this. They had to use what had been given. Here is our problem. We look at what we've been given and analyze what we've been given against what God has given others, which makes us commit one of four, one of three perilous sins. Number one, we learn how to abuse our gift. 
We say, you know what? Our gift don't matter. I, you know, my gift ain't as good as that gift, so I'm not going to use my gift, so I'm just going to abuse my gift. My friends, listen to me. If you abuse it, you will lose it. Who am I preaching to? And then sometimes we recuse our gift. We just say, you know what? I'm just not going to let my gift be used. I'm just going to hold on to what it is that makes me unique. I'm not going to fool with that because, you know, I just want to fit in. Listen to me. You were not designed to fit in. You were created to stand out. And if you don't use it and you recuse it, you too will lose it. My friends, then there are others who excuse our gift. We just act like, you know what? That's not really my gift. That's not really my thing. That's not really my calling. And God is saying all of your life, it's been clear to you what I want from you. It's because I've given you this. And I say for a third time, if you excuse your gift, you will lose your gift. Brothers and sisters, the kingdom of God has four laws. The law of love, the law of reciprocity, the law of sowing and reaping, the law of forgiveness, and the law of use. And I submit to you that if you don't use what God has given, he will take what he gave. You don't want God to have to take what he gave you when you ought to just use what he's given. I know I'm preaching good right here. It is because my brothers and sisters, if you use what God's given you, God will bless what you've already started to do. And when God starts to bless it, hell can't stop it. Listen, stuff can't mess it up. It's because it's a gift in use. Hear these two prophetic words. I say to everybody who can say, Pastor Adolph, God has blessed me. I know I have some uniquenesses and I've been given some gifts, Pastor Adolph. Here are two prophetic words that's finna bless you. These two prophetic words are about to take your life to the next level. These two prophetic words are about to set you on a whole new typology. When I get through discussing these, I may just have to conclude this sermon because my time is up. I have two words for those of you who've been having gifts, not using them, sitting on them, excusing them, reclusing them. You're just not using them. I have two words that's about to make you have so much you'll have to get others to come help you with it. I'm about to tell you two words that God whispered to my heart in my study while I was preparing to feed you this morning's mantra. Can I give them to you right quick? Here it is. Y'all ready? Work it. God says, work what I've given you. Hold on. Don't let work frighten you. Don't be lazy. You're going to have to work it. And when you work it, it's going to work for you. Hey, work your gift. Use what God has given you. Work it when you wake up in the morning. Work it when you lay down at night. Work it if you don't have nothing but pretty teeth and a nice smile. Work that joker. Work your smile. If you don't have nothing but legs that walk and eyes that see, work it. Work whatever God has given you. And if you work it, God will make it work for you. Hey! At the end of the day, my brothers and sisters, when it starts working, let me caution you, people are going to be jealous. Others are going to be envious. Some will be treated like they're all arrogant and pompous. But don't worry about them working. I will tell you, work it to death, but I don't want to die, I want to live. So I'm going to say, work it to life. Work it until it lives in you. Work it until it makes sense to you. Work it until you say, you know what? Don't be mad at me. It's just like this because it's how God's been favoring me. I need 50 of y'all. No, 500. I 
need 500 of y'all right here to say thank God for it working for me. I want you to rejoice like it's already come to pass. I want you to rejoice like favor is all over your life. I want you to rejoice like even though you have not used it, God still lets you keep it so the best days of your life are still ahead of you. Ain't he all right? I said, ain't he all right? Is there anybody watching right now that can say God's been good to me? That everything I have, God gave it to me. Ain't he all right? If you can say, I accept what he freely gives, I want you to lift up your hands, open up your mouth, and shout, thank you, Jesus, for giving me everything that I have for my children and my family, for my roof and my shoes, for everything in my body. Hey, thank you, Lord. But then I want you the blessing shown up for the gift that he gave you so you can work what you got because soon and very soon the owner is going to come back and ask for an account of what you've done and what you want to hear him say. I don't know about you but I want to hear him say I want to hear him say what he said to the one he gave five talents to. I want to hear him say what he said to the one that he gave two talents to. I want to hear him say what he said to the one that he gave the talents to. Not like the one that he dug in the ground. I don't want to be him, but I want to be the one that he looks at and says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Hey, I feel all right. Well done. I ain't all right. Well done. News was in your hand. Stop looking at other people. Uh, stop comparing you to other folk. Uh, stand flat-footed. Uh, look yourself in the face uh, and say, I thank God by the grace of the Lord. Uh, I am what I am. Ain't he all right? Ain't he all right now? Say Say hallelujah. I say thank you, Jesus. Wow, I, I, I told you, I told you. Reverend Dr. John R. Adolph is one of God's most gifted preachers. And what a word, Lord, let me handle what's in my hand. God has assigned to each and every one of us something to do as far as the work of kingdom building is concerned. And he, in his own imitable way, helped us to understand and appreciate what it is that God wants us to do when it comes to bringing the kingdom of God into our reality. You do know that you have been saved to serve. And that's what we're called to do. So thank you to my friend and my brother, the Reverend Dr. John R. Adolph, for that powerful, prolific, and prophetic word that the Lord gave to you to give to us here at General Baptist. What I want to do at this particular time is to 
help you to understand that in order to do the work of God, you need to be connected to God. And that connection is based upon you having your faith and trust in none other than Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Jesus says in John chapter 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come to the Father except by me. And so we as Baptists, we believe that the way to a life-changing, life-redeeming, life-liberating relationship with God as creator is by confessing Jesus Christ, his son, as your Lord and Savior. I want to lead you in a prayer of new life as well as sealing this word that has been given to us by Dr. Adolf. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. God, we come to you right now and we say thank you. Thank you for this powerful word that Dr. Adolf has given to us. And right now, God, we pray that you will refresh him, renew him, reinvigorate him for the rest of the work that you have for him to do. We pray, oh God, that this word we have heard will inspire and empower us to go and do the works that you've assigned our hands and our life. God, there may be someone right now who heard this word that wants to do something for you, but they don't really know you. I pray right now, God, that they will understand that if they confess your son as their Lord and Savior, and if they believe that you raised him from the dead on what we call resurrection Sunday morning, that they can have salvation, that they can have eternal life. Let them know, oh God, that a relationship with you is not based upon a bunch of rules and regulations, but it's based upon faith that you give to us by grace. It's a gift. Salvation is a gift. I pray right now, God, that if there's any man, woman, boy, or girl who hear this prayer and want to know you, that all they have to say right now is, Lord, I want you in my life. Forgive me of my sins. I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sins, and I believe you raised him from the dead, and I want him to be my Lord and Savior. That's it, oh God. And if they believe in their heads and hearts, their mind and their spirit, they can be saved. And then, God, I pray that you will direct them to one of our churches that will help them with their walk in becoming all that you will have for them to be. It's in the name of your son, Jesus the Christ, we pray. Amen. Hey, if you heard my prayer, if you heard the call to salvation, if you're listening to this live stream right now, you meant that prayer. I want you to know salvation is yours. It is yours. And wherever you may be as far, particularly in the state of North Carolina, we want you to connect with one of our churches that's part of General Baptist State Convention. Our churches are Bible teaching, Bible practicing, Bible believing churches. We believe that Jesus Christ is the head of the church. And we want to do all that we can to help you to become all that God will have for you to be. So check out in your area, one of our churches, and you can check them out virtually 
and connect with that church. Check them out online and see what they're doing and make a call to that church and say, hey, I want to be a part of your congregation. Amen. Well, guess what? This has been the first day. We still got work to do. And so tomorrow morning at 6 o'clock, we're going to have a devotional period through Zoom. And then we want you to join us for our concurrent workshop sessions and the designated Zoom meeting sessions. There are two scheduled at 10 o'clock in the morning and three scheduled at 11.15 in the morning. At 10 o'clock in the morning, the sessions are, number one, Safety Risk and Management by Robert J. Wild. Two, Effective Ways to Connect with Youth, Young Adults, and Seniors by Reverend Dr. Christopher Stackhouse. Then the third one is Balance, Mental Health, Spiritually and Emotionally by Reverend Dr. Tobias E. Legron, good friend and brother of mine from Mississippi for more than 30 years. At 11.15, our sessions are, number one, the DNA of Chaplain, Reverends Dr. April Reinhardt, Dr. Talika McCoy, and Carrie Melvin. Number two, tools of engagement, the gear, the platform, and the people by my executive assistant, Dr. Deborah Dalton. And in that class, she's going to talk about really what you need to do to manage worship in this virtual age. Number three, Passing the Mantle, Preachers 40 and Under, by our former president, Dr. Clifford Jones, the senior minister of the Friendship Baptist Church here in Charlotte, North Carolina. And so you can sit at his virtual feet and glean the wisdom and great pearls of information that he will have to share. Then we're going to ask that you would join us tomorrow as we broadcast live for the evening worship service at 6 o'clock p.m. Uh, I will be the preacher for that moment, along with the St. Paul Baptist Church Music Ministry. And I'm soliciting your prayers right now for that. And then at 9 o'clock, we will have our late night with the Reverend Dr. D.K. Ferguson and Reverend Hankins and their church musical ensembles. Thanks for joining us as far as the first day of our 153rd virtual session of the General Baptist State Convention annual meeting. We look forward to you connecting with us tomorrow morning. And on behalf of our president, the Reverend Dr. Leonzo D. Lynch and his officers, as well as our executive secretary, treasurer, Dr. Tony Barr, and his staff. Thank you, and good night.